this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. It's all about you, and I want you to succeed. Download today my free masterclass, Three Ways to Stand Out from the Crowd in the Digital World. Sign up for free today. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to coffee number five. And my coffee's ready. It's getting cold, actually. And so I'm going to sip it a little fast today. But I'm talking about going fast track and this world, this amazing world that we're in in marketing, PR, uh, goes fast. It goes really, really fast and had changed over the years so much. So today I want to go really into starting this new year and all those brands out there that they really want to stand out from the crowd and say, here I am. So how do you do that? You talk to Ali Wolanski and welcome Ali. And Let's talk PR because you are an award-winning journalist. You've been in the industry for a lot of years and you help a lot of emerging brands stand out from the crowd, uh, which is not an easy task because it's really hard to convince uh, a publication like, hey, pay attention to this one. It's going places. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get to be where you are today? Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I am so flattered. Um, I've been around for a long time. I started out doing some beauty and fashion blogging, and then that transcended into food and travel. Mm -hmm. And now I basically write about everything for everyone, which is part of how I have the opportunity of writing about a lot of, you know, emerging brands, because when you churn out a ton of content, there's a lot of opportunity to include a lot of people. Absolutely. But how do you, I mean, we know that doing marketing or PR is being able to highlight what's best. Actually, I just got a lot, an award a couple of days ago, which it was really nice to receive, but someone else told me, I'm, I'm really sad why you were selected and not me. And I was, mm. First of all, I don't know, but probably is because how do you highlight yourself? What right. do you think that is important for what is important to you might not be important for the publication. So right. you, and there's you, a lot of yeah, there's a lot of jealousy in our world also where people are like, why you, not me? It, it's happened to me also. I was rated by Muckrack, the number one food journalist on the internet. And I definitely got some lashback. Why you? Why not me? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't oh, choose me. <laughs> let's let not even get me started with that. Anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that you need to know who you're pitching to. Right. You cannot uh, show exactly the same, the same persona to each publication. Oh, because- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Every publication has its own energy. It has its own audience. It's If I'm going to be writing an article for southern living i understand that the audience is going to be looking for different content than for the food network or for the today show so when you're pitching stories or products you have to think of it through the lens of the people reading it what are they going to be interested in seeing like so that's definitely a part of it yeah but also i mean how do you choose what to highlight i mean this is something i do in marketing all the time and because you need to look at the competition, what, how the competition is pitching, how can you be different, how you can take advantage of the, what the competition built already in that market and 
take it to the next level because otherwise, how can you, as a, a marketer or as a, as a PR person, you need to make sure that we, we get picked, which is right. not easy. I think that it has to be about being the interesting angle. We live in an existence now where someone, everyone is so obsessed with e-commerce and product guides and mm -hmm. affiliate relationships and everything just feels like redundant and churned out, like it could be done robotically. And I think that the most interesting content is when you include the brands or the products or the experts that aren't everywhere else, because that's where you get the organic thoughts and the thoughts that aren't everywhere else and the angles that aren't everywhere else. Because I don't want to read the same story over and over with just different like order to them. I want to read something new and interesting. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about how the industry has changed because uh, I can tell you from the digital world side that this changed a lot. And mm -hmm. I believe it changed also for PR because back then you write an article once in a while you will receive a letter or something like that. But now people can really send you an opinion immediately what they thought about your article or it can create conflict, can create, we can be rewarding, uh, and you don't need to deal with everything. Yeah, um, it happens all, I share all my articles, both on social media, and also I have a daily Substack email that I send out to subscribers. And I get a lot of responses, and sometimes it's, oh, I love this, or this was so cool. But people also will be like, I tried your recipe and I hate it, or I read your article about this and I disagree. People are much more likely to respond if they have something negative to say. It's like even oh, that's so yeah, that's so true. So don't let it take you down. You need to know your value or the value of your product, and also you need to know that it's not going to work for everyone. Your product. Of course, if I happen to love a red lipstick, it doesn't mean someone else is going to love the red lipstick. It's it's my personal opinion. Absolutely, and I do love red lipsticks. <laughs> Me uh, too. <laughs> but um, but also the industry has changed. We over the years, I've seen a lot more paper play. Yes, and all like actually this week in LinkedIn, I was approached two or three times to be a cover of a magazine. And I was like, why you want me to be a cover of a magazine? And what magazine? Let's start with. But uh, what, why is the paper place taking such a huge role in the PR world right now? Yeah, you think is laziness from PR people that they are just, oh, let's pay and get over it. Or it's getting harder to be featured or... I think it's the publicists are responding to what people who claim to be journalists are sending their way. As I, I have a journalism degree. I would never in a million years do anything that was pay for play. But there's a lot of people out there that are basically just shills and they'll do anything to make a Thank quick Thank you buck. for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> I don't believe in pay for play and I will never do that. Right. Like, that's why I, I am not comfortable with any of these things. I know that it's fairly standard when you see lifestyle experts do TV segments where they show you five different beauty products they like. Chances are those beauty products paid to be included. To me, that is less authentic. If you were paying to be included in something, then you're not there because you're the best fit. You're there because you paid money. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I can tell you, each award that I got on... I got it without paying. I would have never uh, accept to be paying for an award. I understand that there are certain publications that they just charge 
that they're very recognized publications. Like for example, Forbes never charged me to get named Forbes Next 1000. I just, right. um, but there are certain publications that there is a lot of bureaucracy in the selection and they're very well known and they really want not everyone to apply. So no, they exactly. Yeah, it's it's really it's demoralizing. It's just really sad. But um, thankfully, I've never been involved with any publication that treats people in that way. So I could actually feel like an authentic journalist. <laughs> Very nice to hear that. Uh, but what if I want to approach you for, uh, hey, I have a product and I think it would be great for you. How, how can I get your attention? Uh, I get about a thousand emails every single day. And I'm honestly, sure. Yeah. And honestly, I do, if I don't answer them all, I do read them all. So email me, pitch me what your product is or your expert is. Tell me where it's sold. What makes it stick out? Like this year, um, magenta is the color of the year. So if it's magenta wine glasses or if it's tied it's, into it's Viva Magenta. Viva Magenta, yes. Or <laughs> if you're tied into like, you know, some pop culture trend, whatever it is. Um, tell me what you think makes it newsworthy doesn't mean i'm going to agree that that's what i think makes it newsworthy but tell me what you believe the hook is tell me what the news is and then if it's a fit for anything i'm working on then i'll respond i get assignments every single day i put them in my newsletter lots and lots of publicists subscribe to my newsletter it's free it's aliwalanski.substack.com i don't know if you have like a sheet that goes out with the podcast that you can yes, write yes, it yes yes absolutely oh, awesome. with the yeah. notes yeah, it's it's 100% free and I send it out every single weekday in the morning and it's every all the assignments I'm working on that day and the parameters for how to pitch me. So right now I'm working on an article on romantic cocktails available at bars and restaurants for Valentine's Day. Wow, so, that's a yeah. fun one. Yeah, so if you were a bar or restaurant and you were a chef or a bartender, you could email me and say, this is the cocktail, this is what's in it, um, this is you know, why we feel it's a romantic cocktail, here's an image. And then I go through all of those and I choose the ones that fit. Yeah, very nice. And how do you feel about products? Because I have a lot of publications, we work with the PR in the agency, and there are a lot of publications who ask for the products. And right. it's costly for a brand to of send too many products. So how about when a journalist really needs to receive products? Hardly ever. So the true story of my existence is I live and work in a really tiny studio apartment. I don't want a lot of mail. Like I, as it is, I basically feel like I live in a storage closet sometimes. It's bad. <laughs> so I will only request a sample if I'm working on the type of story that's a specific, I tried this. Like I tried six of the uh, six frozen mac and cheese, and this is the ones that were the best. Or I tried this new pour over coffee pot, and this is how it worked out. I don't need to have samples just to say, oh, these are six different mattresses to buy for President's Day sales. Mm -hmm. That's not necessary. Ooh, can you imagine getting all those mattresses? I. It's a fantasy, but I mean, I would never say I would never say yes to anything like that. I know that there's writers that do. I know that there's writers that say that they're working on things just to get free crap. I mean, oh, I know it too. Believe me. Um, yes, but it's not necessary. In I'd say for eighty percent of stories that I write, it's not necessary to have any samples at all. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. But it's, infor- it's important to give people the data, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and give journalists the data. Like I try when I pitch a journalist to give them an angle, of course, but then to give them the information so it's easy for them to access or to write the article. Whenever you're going to ask someone something, you need to give them everything. I'm not saying write the article for the journalist because I don't think they would like that if he's a professional writer. Right. Some are not very professional. (laughs) (laughs) But But I think if you give them the information, the data, they can find everything in one place. It's really important. I usually give people the advice to treat it like we did in news writing classes where every pitch should have like an inverted pyramid. The first paragraph should have the who, what, where, when, why, how, like, what is the product? Why do you need it? And then after that, if you want to put specs, like, you know, weight, size, colors, it comes in where retail availability, that kind of stuff, but um, get like the, the juice, the nuts and bolts of it as top heavy as possible. That way, you know, for people who do get so many emails in a day, it's easier for them to give it a quick scan. Absolutely. Let's talk about EPKs versus one sheet. Mm-hmm. What's your um, Honestly, I don't necessarily need either. I would say most of my pitches are simply an email. The only time I really look so much at press releases or EPKs or um, one sheets would be, I do sometimes product news, like food products that are being launched. And I might look at that for when it's being launched, if it's a limited launch regionally, flavors that comes in, and that would be in that. But generally, I don't need a press kit or a one sheet. I, an email is fine. But you need images. I prefer images to be a link, like a you send it or a Dropbox link or a mm-hmm. Google Drive, not attached. Um, in initial, yeah, in an initial pitch, I usually don't need it. You could include it if you want to, but you don't have to. I usually, if I have interest, will follow up and ask for that image. Okay. Because um, in the past, we had a lot of effort. I still remember the days that I will go to trade shows and I will come back with bags full of EPKs. And yeah. And they were heavy. And on top of that, we have huge cameras, microphones, and all those things. But, uh, and then there was a next job to go from all that paper, then were CDs, hard drives, to go through all that information. Nowadays, it's so much easier. You have a link or a scan core code and it's much easier to access that information. Oh yeah. Like if someone's pitching me a product that's under embargo, that's being launched, it's literally just a Google drive. I link and all the information is there. I remember also going to events, you get those little flash drives. <laughs> I, I wish, I mean, I remember where they were folders and with <laughs> yes. everything from there, we passed that they gave us a CD or a DVD with information. Yeah. Was- Clutter. Yes. <laughs> I, and then years after, I will keep finding them. I think I still have some in boxes. Oh, uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, you let's say I'm a new brand. What's your recommendation PR-wise? Uh, where do I start pitching myself? I would say, first of all, build a presence on social media. That is so important. I get so many ideas just from browsing social media, looking at TikTok, looking at Instagram, seeing what people are sharing and doing, whether it's like a TikTok hack or 
if I'm doing a food trend story, restaurants that people went to. So no matter what your product or your brand is, build a social media footprint and it'll be a lot easier for people to know about you and share you and find you. That's great. But should you have uh, a press release? You could, but honestly, I don't think press releases are as necessary as they used to be. And I think that- I, I personally don't like press releases. No, no. I think that even though they're not a paper pile in the way they were once upon a time, there's still clutter in a digital sense. It they're is. not necessary. And also, I don't feel like they're catered for the publication. Right. It's. I'm not going to be browsing like a bunch of news wires or press releases in the morning anymore. It's once upon a time. Yes, sure. But it's not the place I am anymore. And it's not the place that most people are anymore. Let's talk a little bit about syndication, because this is a, a word that it was really popular at some point and getting a lot of people get press releases out to say I was in that publication. And that's what the process that we call syndication. And it's not necessarily that you were in the news. Right, exactly. So I want to differentiate that. So you can pay for press releases and there are a lot of press releases that they have syndications, which means that you process the, the press release and it will syndicate to different places and you will show in different places. But it doesn't mean that you were in those publications as a journalist. Of course not. And I mean, I've heard stories about people taking press releases, especially bloggers, and just cutting, pasting them and calling them an article. And that's ridiculous. I would never in 100 years do that. Like, if there's something inside a press release that I want to consider towards a story, I would use it as a source, but I wouldn't copy it. That's not, yeah, that's not okay. Not, not okay. And today, with the, you can see that there is plagiarism. You, there are tools how they are. And oh, yeah. I run into that. Sometimes I use expert sources for quotes for stories and they'll send me commentary and then I'll run it through a plagiarism check and I'll see that it comes from a press release or a blog post or a book that they wrote, which is, you know, not OK. You if you're giving commentary to be quoted in any published material, it has to be original to that published material. Otherwise, it's plagiarism. Absolutely. And also you're going to be, uh, you get duplication through Google, you get, there are so many issues, but at yeah. the same time, if you have the honor to be quoted in some place, you need to be unique because you are ruining your reputation by doing that. That journalist is never going to get back to you. Oh, okay. absolutely. And I mean, I need experts so often. And the best way for me to keep on using your experts is that don't do that to me. If I'm going to be needing a nutritionist or a registered dietitian, I'm going to be using people that give me great answers and meet my deadlines, not the people that I have to chase after for what they promised they were going to send or who send me unoriginal material. They are the ones who I never speak to again. The same happens with recipes. Don't oh, give yeah. recipes. You can, I, I think that there is a rule how much you can modify a recipe to be yours. I think mm -hmm. it's all from the corded blow, I think. Yeah, I mean, I understand that foundation-wise, a lot there's a lot of recipes that have similar foundations, but it always annoys me so much when I see people like playing off something as their original creation. I'm like, I have seen this before. It is not yours. <laughs> yeah, or my grandmother used to have, do something very similar. Yeah, you did not invent this, sorry. <laughs> well, 
Ali, it was such a place chatting with you today. Uh, thank you so for your insights, for being so candid and willing to share with us all this amazing information about the PR world. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. But before we go, where people can find you? Okay, so my Substack is aliwalanski.substack.com mm -hmm. and I'm also Ali Walansky on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and I share all of my articles in all of those places. And I also share recipes that are actually mine. <laughs> Amazing. I need to try that. <laughs> and I let you know what I think. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and so you guys, thank you so much for being here in Coffee Number 5 and I'll see you next week. Find everything you need at larashmoisman.com or in the episode notes right below. Don't forget to subscribe. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.